0: Welcome to uh, the Slow Home Podcast. This is episode number 23 and I am Brooke McCallery, your host. I also uh, am not somebody who started smoking a pack of cigarettes a day in the last month. <laughs> if you'll excuse my croaky voice, I've, uh, I've been sick in bed with the flu for about a week. But uh, I am on the mend, hopefully. So if you can forgive my my vocal cords... Uh here is my co-host Ben McGallery.
1: You have been very very sick and uh this is a this is episode 23 and it wasn't supposed to be episode 23 there were supposed to be a lot of episodes between this one and well this one. Um but um due to the mod- modern miracle of internet connections as well as Brooke feeling under the weather. We're actually recording this the night before it goes out. So, and this is the first time this has ever happened. We're usually well weeks and weeks in advance, but unfortunately circumstances have prevented us from doing that. So this is this is new to us. This is almost going out live. <laughs>
0: it's almost live. I've got to say, it's not entirely pleasant being seat of the pants, <laughs> excuse me, in this in this way. Anyway. Um, yeah, I've had uh, a bit of a month in terms of technology stuff. I've had quite a few interviews that have not happened because of massive issues with the internet at home. Um, you know, I've spoken about it, written about it a little bit on social media and it's always interesting. I get kind of two responses, you know, one is people are aghast that how can you get by without internet for a month or, you know, very sporadic spotty crap internet for a month. And then the other, the other camp of people who are saying, well, that sounds really nice. I'd love to not have internet for a month. So, um, while I can see the, the benefits when you're trying to run a podcast, it is kind of tricky, I guess, but nonetheless, we're, um, we're here, we're recording almost live. And, um, yeah, my voice has come back, so that's that's good. Uh, so Audible is sponsoring today's podcast, and um, as I talk about most episodes, Audible has one hundred eighty thousand uh, audio books that you can choose from, and uh, you can sign up using our link today to get one free audiobook and and uh, thirty month free try thirty. Uh, 30- day free trial to audible uh, if you head to audible.com slash slow and you know you can go and grab yourself any audiobook. I've recommended a lot of really great audiobooks over the past twenty two episodes. Um, but today is a uh, a fiction book called Burial Rights by an Australian author named Hannah Kent. It's a really great book. It's a, based in uh it's Iceland in the 1800s and it uh, it's it's not like a book any kind of book I've ever read before. It's a really beautiful book and um yeah, if if you're looking for a new fiction audiobook, I would highly recommend it. But moving on, for the show notes today, you can head to slowyourhome.com/23 and you'll be able to uh Learn a bit more about the things that my guest and I talk about today. And my guest today is Ben, my husband Ben, who is um, the main reason that this podcast gets out every week because I couldn't sit in a room and listen to my own voice for an hour. He has that delightful task. So, um, I mean, I have, I know Ben said earlier that it's a, a makeshift kind of episode, but this was always on the cards. This is something that I've wanted to do. Um, since almost since we began to interview him, because I, it's something that I'm asked about a lot. People will often say, well, what did your husband think about the change that you made? Or how did you kind of deal with the the inevitable butting of heads over certain aspects of decluttering or simplifying or slowing down or, you know, letting go? So I think this will probably be quite an interesting uh, interview for a lot of you. And I know Ben Ben feels skeptical about that, but It's uh it's I know there's actually a lot of couples who who both listen to the show. I hear from quite a few people who either listen to it with their their partner or you know, they both listen to it and then talk about it. So um yeah, we're here to encourage you that it's all good. (laughs) I don't know what I was trying to say there. (laughs)
1: Enjoy the show. (laughs) Enjoy the show. as I did in Australia. Are you up early doing this interview?
0: <laughs> it's uh, 8 to 10pm. This is actually way past my bedtime. I,
1: I hope you feel honoured. Well, I'm in my pyjamas.
0: <laughs> I know. Uh, um,
1: how are you? Well, really well. We've got a, uh, a very stormy, windy night here in uh, Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Um. And uh, the kids, uh, there's a possibility of them walking in during this podcast tonight, um, particularly Isla, who's pretty afraid of the wind. God bless her. That's really good to get that insight
0: into your life. So I'll get right into the questions. Um, you have a super hot wife. That must be nice.
1: It really is nice. Um, particularly when I get home from work and, you know, I work in the city. So it's a good um, two-hour commute each way um, from door to door. So it is really nice when I get home that my wife greets me in a bikini with um, my uh, smoking jacket and newspaper and glass of port. Kids are obviously... Neither seen nor heard. That's when I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> living the dream, living the dream. Uh, right, so anyway <laughs> in all seriousness though, um, the last kind of the last five, six years have seen huge changes in our life. So six years ago, I was you know running a jewelry label um somewhat successfully. Uh and we were new parents and had just moved from the city to a place in the in the mountains. Uh but, you know, we were living a fairly stressed life. You know, you were working full time, I was trying to make the jewelry label work full time and be a new mum and, you know three dozen other Balls in the air at any given time, and you f- fast forward to now. What's the biggest difference for you in like in, in I don't know the the tone of our life? I feel like the tone of our life six years ago was one of stress and you know anxiety and constantly feeling like we should be doing things. I don't feel like that's what life is like for us now, but
1: I don't know. Do you? No, I don't. And I really haven't, to be honest, prepared for this interview in any way, shape or form. But I've got some some ideas, if you like, of how it's changed and and how it's changed for the better and, and why. But I certainly don't think that it has um, – It's, it's definitely not as stressful. Definitely not as stressful. And why I say that is – um from a personal point of view well let's let's go back 5 years what was happening we were we were renovating a house we were having you know there was a really young baby and we're having another one and you're running a growing uh, jewelry business and I'm working my way up the corporate ladder that's stressful either like one of those things is pretty stressful let alone sort of 4 or 5 that's life that's life for a lot of young um families um modern families and i think we b- reached that breaking point and it, you know we've covered it before that that sort of breaking point for you and um how you just couldn't go on and and you consequently diagnosed with um pretty severe postnatal depression and to be perfectly honest with you and this going to sound pretty awful i was so relieved I was so relieved that the the pressure release valve was released in that way and it sounds horrible but um if it wasn't I don't know whether we'd be here today to to tell the to tell tell the tale because it was um, compounding um and just our relationship was deteriorating I think to a point where you know I just didn't really know what to do other than to suggest that you go and seek help so has it improved uh yeah just
0: you know just like only significantly Uh that's it (laughs) marginally improved yeah i mean you say relief like it's a bad thing but i know exactly what you mean i people will kind of talk to me about when I was diagnosed with postnatal depression, and it was a it was a terrible time. I was really in a very very bad way. But looking back, and I'm fortunate that I can look back in this way uh, and see it as a blessing. You know, it's it's something that that kind of put a stop to this kind of hamster wheel that we were on, this merry go round of you know status and ego and comparison and stuff and getting what we wanted and then realizing that actually we wanted the next level up kind of thing um you know and I kind of I guess that makes it sound like we were super materialistic people I think we we're pretty average in that regard we weren't you know going for anything like ridiculously over the top but it was just always more we always were looking for the next thing like we would never celebrate a win we would never Stop and you know smell the roses, I guess. And like you said, that's like that's normal for our our generation and, and people who are at our stage in life. It makes me sad that that's normal.
1: Yeah, do you know? You know what I think? I think that um, for a lot of people, they um, since you know we've um, begun living more simply and slowly. Um, a lot of people look at us and have commented that, you know, that must be really nice mm-hmm. um, to be able to do that. And it's almost like they're waiting for some sort of trigger. And isn't it a sad sign of the times that it requires some someone's mental health issue for that to be the sort of um, spark or, or the sort of point in time where, you know, that that's where you're actually going on action things? And that is so me too, like that's just the way that um, you know it it I have to be on my deathbed before I go oh um, I'm actually sick, I better go to the doctors or something you know it has to reach that point of no return before you sort of start to address something I think that's really sad and something that I've um, become very um aware of
0: the number of people who I talk to I mean is as part of this these these interviews as a podcast and also just in Everyday life, the people who come to realize they need to make a change, and you know, specifically, I'm talking about people who slow down, simplify, um, but the vast majority of them come to that realization after, uh, at the point of crisis. Usually, it's either a health crisis or a mental health crisis. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's relationship, but it's almost invariably people who, the, the people who need it the most, I guess, but they, they, they wait till they break and that kind of break that gives perspective, but it also tends to give people permission to rethink what they're doing because they can say to anybody around them, look, this is not working. I can tell you that it's not working because, you know, my mental health is failing because my physical health health is failing because my marriage is crumbling, whatever it is. And, uh, I think it's, it's really Telling that we operate under other people's agendas, and it's not until we have some horrible situation staring us in the face that we can point and look and say, No, look, really, it's not working. I just think that's really interesting. I've been thinking about that a lot lately that we operate under other people's agendas. So, looking back, um, when we were, you know, kind of living on this merry-go-round of more and nothing was ever enough was that who was driving that what was driving that was that just us you know we were kind of complacent sitting in in like societies kind of this is what you will do and this is that you will go to to high school you'll get good grades you'll go to university you'll get good grades you'll get a good job and then you'll get a better job and you know were we just following that path
1: Absolutely. It's the path of expectation. It's the path of so many people that, you know, you're um, expected and we've, you know, been very fortunate um, growing up in the same area but we live in an area west of Sydney, about an hour west of Sydney. Both our parents uh, grew up, well, they raised their families in the area and it's classified as, you know, aspirational suburbs, if you like. So, they're aspirational in that um, people grow up, get a job and move into the city because that's where, you know, the successful people move to. <laughs> and um, this, this, is, this is what I'm talking about as in like this is, the, this is the expectation. You get a good job and hopefully enough money to then buy a house in the city and that 's what we did. we did. Yeah. We actually grew up, got good jobs, went into the city, purchased our first unit, um, you know ten less than ten kilometers out of out of Sydney, and we thought that was you know the be all and end all but it wasn 't you get you get to, you reach that point, and again i 'll talk about the tipping point, you get to the point and you go, actually, this is not what we really want because we want to bring up our family in a backyard they want to you know have space be around family more and that's essentially why we we moved back um to the blue mountains
0: so i talk about slow living i've written about simple living for 4 plus years what are you, what are your thoughts on it like i when i first started decluttering it was never because i was adopting minimalism or you know like hashtag simple living. Like I, I wasn't because I was joining a movement at the beginning. It was just because that was how I could get control of, you know, our space. And that was really the only thing that I could do initially to to get control because my mental situation was still so raw that I couldn't really do anything, you know, in terms of mindful living or anything like that. So I started decluttering. But like looking to where we are now and now I talk about it a lot and this is, this is kind of what I do. What do you think about it
1: you know i 've got to admit that I feel like a bit of a fraud because i don 't i, I don 't haven 't embraced it as much as you have. I certainly can appreciate it now because of the benefits like I see the benefits now because i 'm you know living it and you're you're um, you 're driving it. What are the benefits um, more time with my family more time less time doing chores uh, on the weekend and um my weekends are pretty precious time because I work five days a week in the city and um it's a big commute and I'm rarely home for bedtime and dinner and all that sort of thing so to be able to spend time with my family on the weekend is very important and I really I really do appreciate that having I guess it, it I think it's the time to do things that matter and experience things that matter but I do feel like a fraud because I don't have—I haven't embraced it as much as you have, and I—I—I I, I am talking about its benefits when really, you know, I think I'm not worthy.
0: Oh, yes, you are. So you say you feel like a fraud, but you—you you have willingly given up a lot of, like, in terms of physical stuff, clutter and stuff that we no longer needed. Like, there's never been anything, with the exception of your guitars, I think that you've ever had an issue with so you've been completely willing to to be part of like simplifying but has there been stuff that I have spoken about and you've looked at me like you're crazy you're insane like I've spoke, I know I've spoken before about wanting to give everything away and go and <laughs> live in a tent <laughs> in the hinterland crazy. somewhere <laughs> but where like Do you see it as um, like a gateway to living a much bigger kind of simple life or?
1: The slow movement is the gateway to becoming a hippie. It's the gateway drug. Uh, It sort of is, I guess. Um, Where do you stop? You know, where does does the the decluttering stop?
0: Well, I think it stops when you've got uh, just enough. And I actually don't – for me personally, it doesn't. Um, like, I don't declutter very often anymore because we don't need to. But uh, at any given time, I would happily go through our house and grab stuff and you know, let go of it. The problem being it's not my stuff to do that with. Uh, but I think that's, like, that's a highly individual question. I know some people who don't own much at all and they're miserable. Like they've given away all this stuff, but they haven't dealt with whatever it is that's been making them unhappy in the first place. So, you know, the the level of ownership is not going to help them. I also know people who are blissfully content, genuinely content, and they have a house full of stuff because it's mindfully kept. Like they they're choosing to keep it. So I think, you know, the issue of decluttering is something that, I don't know, I'm kind of – loathe to to give direct advice on because it's so unique i think but yeah it's it's really that's the gateway i think but do you see like this this movement like over the last four years we've made huge changes do you see continued changes and what what do you want if you do what are they
1: it's interesting because um I, why, why I sort of say I'm a fraud is that I've, I fully embrace the decluttering and, and living a more simple life and not having as many possessions as I as I once have and totally see the benefits. Totally see the benefits. What I'm scared slash afraid of is the 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 overall lifestyle changes that could happen as a result of all this. So it's it's not the physical decluttering; it's the mental and You know, I talk about expectations before and that has been ingrained in me and so it's going to be really hard to break that habit.
0: Because I often talk about making really big changes. Like, I would genuinely happily give our stuff away and go on an adventure. You know, I I really would. Um, And, you know, create a, a way of earning enough money to sustain our life, like our lifestyle of be it travelling or living somewhere somewhere completely different in completely different kind of circumstances, like a tent. It's, it's a valid choice. Uh, and I know that I'm way ahead of you in that regard. Like you're, you, you talk about it now. Like you entertain the idea of big changes, which I don't think you really considered as possibilities a couple of years ago. But I think it's – yeah, it's definitely something that you – Well, I mean, I guess it's unfair to say you're scared of it because I've been immersed in the whole, you know, online minimalism, simplicity kind of deal for a lot longer than you have as well. So I'm a lot more aware of what people are doing and how they're doing it and why they're doing it. But I just see so much potential for, you know, adventure and awesomeness.
1: Yeah, and I agree with that. I agree. And I guess it's got a lot to do with, I don't know, I'm going to be old-fashioned here, but the traditional role of a father in being able to provide for the family and provide that security for their family. So um, that's sort of what I think I'm having the, the greatest difficulty with. The The interesting part is now that I'm at, like, I'm at a stage where I know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's only a matter of time until I come around. Ideologically, I'm there. It's just... You know, physically, when are we going to? When are we actually going to do it? And um, yeah, what's it going to look like? And it's, I guess, it's the great unknown. So, you know, what I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for that tipping point. And I don't think it's going to happen this time.
0: I mean, of course, you never know what's around the corner. There might be a crisis, but I know what you mean. Like, I I feel like now we've got you know ninety percent of our ducks in a row in terms of the we're living the way we want to live. You know, probably eighty to ninety percent of the case. But I think now if we want to go to wherever it is, however, you know, whatever it looks like, we want to go to that kind of next level of of simplifying, slowing down, we just have to give ourselves permission and take a risk. And it's interesting. I think risk is actually a huge part of it because I look at the people who I've interviewed, people who I plan to interview, who have gone and made these huge life changes like selling their house and, you know, living in a bus and traveling across Europe or whatever it is at some point they have to go, yeah, the risk is worth it. And like, I think, you know, if you, if you ask them like, the five years ago version of them, could you imagine yourself doing this? So many of them would say no, but at some point that risk became worth it. Mm. And I think it would, that's a really interesting question to look at. So when, <laughs> when it happens, you've got to come back and tell me about it on the podcast.
1: Totally will do that. Totally will do that. And hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have any other questions before I get into the next part of the interview? I don't know what the next
0: part is. Um, Have I ever given away anything that you regret?
1: The rice cooker. Okay.
0: Uh, How do you feel about having more clothes than me?
1: Speechless. (laughs)
0: And it's significantly more too. Admittedly, you have to wear a suit to work. I just wear the same pair of jeans and T-shirt every single day.
1: See, that's another another example of me feeling like a fraud. Is that, you know, I've got more clothes than you. But why is it a competition? It's
0: not a competition. I think it's just unusual that that would be the case. Um, Do you think you could travel for more than a weekend with just carry-on? Yes. Do you
1: think I could? You have done it.
0: I have. Do you think our kids have too many too many toys? Definitely. So you still haven't decluttered your CDs.
1: Why? Really, really good question. Um, I'll tell you why. Because they're not all on my iPhone. Right. So you haven't digitized them all.
0: So if you digitized them all, every single one of them, would you get rid of them?
1: Absolutely. Bit duplication. I. I can't remember the last time I listened to a CD.
0: We don't have a CD player anymore. That's
1: why. <laughs> so
0: I think, I think with, with us, with, so with you at CDs and with me, it's the, my final frontier is photos. I've slowly, slowly, slowly been digitizing all of our old photos from my like childhood all the way through. It's a huge job, but that's probably my last big thing. And then once they're on, on the cloud, um, that's kind of it. And I think with you, it's music is the same
1: thing. Music and old video games, probably. Although I do trade those in. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess. So that concludes part one of this interview. And before we go, I just wanted to talk to Brooke a little bit about this podcast and um, what she plans for it in the future. Now, um, many of you probably know that this podcast is one of the top Independent Australian podcasts on iTunes, and is a regular top sort of five um, self help health. Oh, it's number one. Sorry, selling <laughs> selling is short um, self help podcasts, and it ranks really highly in um, in America and the UK as well. So, a, a few questions to Brooke, if I may, specifically about the podcast. Did you ever think it would be this big? No, no way.
0: I thought I, I thought that there would be interest in it, but I, I really thought that we have like three months of episodes before anybody, anybody at all was listening. So I really felt like those first few episodes, But we did our best, but there was a lot that we didn't know in terms of, you know, like even my interviewing I think has improved a lot. Um, but the production and, and how to put it out, that kind of stuff. I really thought we'd have about kind of three months grace, but it hit the editor's pick and new noteworthy list in the first week that it was out and it's been kind of crazy since then, which which is awesome. I'm really grateful that there's so many people
1: who are, you know, interested in listening. I'm very, very proud of you because I think it's a rem- remarkable success and um, you've worked really, really hard on it. Um and certainly, the feedback that we've got from you listeners have, has been the same. So, I'm interested to know where do you want to take this podcast? You know, we're 23 episodes in. You never would have dreamt of the success that it's already had. You know, what's by the time we get to podcast number 50, who would have you have liked to have um, interviewed, and where do you see it? No, that's a good question.
0: I'd love to interview Ariana Huffington, actually. Uh she I think as many of you would know, she wrote Thrive, a book that I freely admit I did not think I would enjoy and I loved it. Um it's basically her story and then a huge amount of research uh into why slowing down across all facets of life, like work and home and uh, spirituality, health, that kind of thing, why it's it's what is necessary to, to leave to lead a you know, a life where we thrive. Uh, so I'd love to interview her. I haven't actually tried to get in touch with her yet, but I feel like I might have a have a a chance. Um, I would love to be able to reconnect with uh, Gretchen Rubin, who I was I was on the line to a few weeks ago, and then our delightful internet connection crapped itself, and I haven't been able to get back in touch with her. So she's one of the others. Similarly, with Rachel Macy Stafford.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, I don't know. Who else?
1: Are you going to um, interview Australian guests as well as international guests? And who sort of from Australia are you looking to interview?
0: Um, I'd like to interview Sarah Wilson. Uh, I think a lot of her simple living, her writing about simple living is super in keeping with um, what we talk about and um rowan from whole Light of love he's just written a book that uh, i'm really keen to read um pip lincoln similarly has just written a wonderful book about how to find time and make space for being creative which i think is is a beautiful thing that most of us kind of need yeah actually while i while i've got the microphone um if you do have suggestions please um you know leave a comment on today's episode at uh, slowyourhome.com slash 23, let us know who you would like to hear because, um, you know, I make this podcast for you guys as much as for myself and I'd love to know who you want to hear more from. Uh, I know people have had a really – there's been a really positive response to some of the um, the academics as well, like Dr. Sarah Mackay and Donnie were really popular – Episodes. I think people like getting the scientific side of this as well because sometimes you know we're in an age where um, health and wellness can sometimes collide with kind of woo that not everyone relates to. So I think it's always interesting to get the scientific side of it.
1: Um, I think just more people in it that are sort of leaders in their sub their subject matter experts in different areas that. Pull in and touch on, um, you know, living like slow living and and, and minerals. I think that would be really interesting just to get their take on it because one thing that I've I've learnt is that is how natural slow living is, how natural it feels, and how it's almost like a, it's it's hardwired into into us. That's the that's the way that God created. Um, if you do believe in God, if God created us to live, because there's something about the, the rhythms of, of slowing down, I think that um, agree with, with me and agree with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it actually. I, I, it is. I think it, we're just it's just buying back into our natural rhythms as well. You know um, even as basic as I like, guess sleep rhythms, I, I, we definitely sleep more and sleep better since um you know since slowing down we go to bed super early some nights we go to bed at the same time as the kids but that's okay because um i can't tell you how much better i feel for having good sleep actually and that's something that's something that i did want to mention as well people often ask me how i get up at 4 a.m um and i did for quite a while for quite a long time there i got up at 4 a.m i don't anymore Um, it's been one of the big parts of, since I've stopped writing blog posts, I mean, if you go to the blog, you'll always see new content because that's where I put the podcast as well. But in terms of like the longer form blog posts, which might've taken me like up to 10 hours to write, um, that was when I did my writing at, you know, 4am in the morning. And one of the benefits of stopping that and opting out of a few other big commitments is that I don't have to get up at four in the morning anymore. I get up at uh, quarter past five, which is perfect for my rhythm. Uh, and since I've been sick, it's been even you know more awesome because I haven't had to, I get up when I wake up or when Ben wakes me up. Uh, but typically now I'm not getting up at four. I'm getting up at, at you know, quarter past five. And it's, I, I just wanted to tell you that because I don't want people to ever think that like that's a necessity or that it's a competition as to who gets up earliest or who, you know, stays up latest or who works hardest. That's not it at all. I did it when I had to because I had to, and I think that's part of slow living too. You make compromises, you shift things around, you reverse engineer your morning so that you get stuff done. But, yeah, I just wanted to to put that out there that I no longer do the 4 a.m. grumble.
1: Well, this certainly has been a rambling, rumbling episode. And, and again, we... I'm not gonna apologise for it. It's just the way that it's happened. <laughs> um, and so, you know, um hopefully you've you've enjoyed that episode. Um there's certainly gonna be um some some better caliber guests than than myself in the coming coming weeks. Brooks um got a whole host of people that she's looking to interview. It's just depended on how well the internet works where we are. Down under um. Thank you, Brooke, for interviewing me.
0: Thank you, Ben. You're an exemplary guest.
1: And um, I look forward to the next podcast. And if you'd actually like to find out more about me, all you've got to do is Google my name and you'll get a pretty weird photo of me sitting on a lounge... And with very long hair looking like a zombie. Seriously. That's your internet presence. That's about it. <laughs> and you get my name on a bottle of some media releases for clients. <laughs> uh, we've had fun and thank you very much, Brooke, for joining me this evening. Thank you very much, Miss Lippy. Over and out.
0: been another episode of the Slow Home Podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe via iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening.